Well, a very warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of The Humble Climb. We obviously had the week's break last week, which was awesome to recap a few of the past episodes that we've had. It was amazing, amazing start since we first started. So I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to like, follow, subscribe, comment, and showing us so much love here at The Humble Climb. I've got a mutual friend of, of mine on today. Uh, Victoria Curtis, who is doing amazing things in the cosmetic space and mutual friend of ours that came off through the back of the Effie Cats podcast, which was really, really cool and an insightful chat. I love uh, coming across, well, as someone that I should say was grown up by uh, by a mum and, and sister, I've got a bit of a soft spot when it comes to women. So I think everybody knows that. So to have Victoria on is a massive, massive honour. So I can't thank you enough. Vic, Vic can I call you Vic? Tori, actually. Tori. Tori. Yeah, I call you Tori. Yeah, yeah. I actually like that. So I'll call you Tori. I like it. We're on nickname basis already. Yeah, that's it. Welcome on The Humble Climb. Thanks Thank so much you. for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's I, so exciting. I wanted to come across, and obviously I know we spoke on Instagram before it all this eventuated, but mm-hmm. um, I've done a fair bit of research and I'm always talking about the girls in the office. And um, so today they were like, Dim, who you got coming on? Because they know it's Wednesday, it's record day. Yes. And I said, I've got Victoria Curtis from Cosmetics or mm-hmm. Curtis Collection, yes, I should it. say. <laughs> and half of them knew um, and, and half of them were like, I've heard of, but I haven't bought anything. A few girls were like, yeah, I bought something, some stuff from there, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So yeah. I guess leading in, I think you're obviously a very dynamic businesswoman, clearly. Thank you. What, uh, and I've read plenty about you, <laughs> which is good. Talk <laughs> to me. Who is, uh, who's the face behind Victoria Curtis? So I um, grew up in a family where beauty was just normal for us. I mean, my parents being Greek, as as you are too, um, presentation is everything. Would you agree? 100%. 100% right? What, thoughts on me at a 10? <laughs> <laughs> you look fabulous. Oh, yeah, thanks, I'll take that as Love a 10. Love the suit and the I'm a 10. Yeah, I'm a 10. It's yeah, a 10. 10. 10, 10. Um, but that's how we're raised. So my parents would go to events. They'd always dress beautifully. And it was something that was innate in all of us. You know, just presentation was everything. And I think beauty uh, was normal for me. I grew up with aunties that were hairdressers, cousins that were makeup artists. So it was around me. I had a hairdryer in my hand at 13, you know, like legit. So it was just all very normal for me. And it was nothing that I ever thought I would pursue as a career because it was just part of my life, really. So I studied. I went to obviously high school and university and I studied accounting and marketing. So it was nothing to do with beauty beauty, at the time. And I then, that led me to studying for a year in the US. I went to LA and I finished my university degree there. And that was possibly the best experience I ever had, not only from the fun aspect, but also from the point of view that they taught me about public speaking because they're very big on that in America and presentation and how you come across when you're trying to sell something or in business. And that's something that, you know, we weren't necessarily taught at university here. It was more study, answer questions, do the exam, yeah. you're, you're good. So I learned a lot about how to stand up and speak in front of people. And that's come to be so beneficial to me today yeah. because that's what my business is all about. So that was something within, you know, part of my journey that I didn't plan, but it really played a big role, major role in my business today. So I graduated, I came home and I got a job in L'Oreal, um, Australia in marketing. So I started to understand the back end of the beauty business. Now this was totally by chance. What, 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 um, what, uh, year potentially we're talking there at L'Oreal? So we were, oh goodness me, like 2008. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Gosh. Just after the couple giving of my Giving my <laughs> age away. Um, <laughs> if stop, someone's it. trying to calculate. I love it. Uh, so um, I, I 
did about a year or two there and I got to know, like I said, the back end of the beauty business and it gave, gave me a bit of an idea about my business. So I used to travel once a month with the sales representatives to beauty salons um, where we'd sell the product, Laura product into. Yeah. And I noticed that the makeup brands that were sold in those um, beauty salons were really good for your skin, but they didn't have the luxury or the packaging of designer cosmetics. Okay. So I thought back then, or, you know, it's a bit of a niche there, like a gap in the market to sort of give them both because back then using mineral cosmetics was just new to the industry. And it was all about having makeup that wouldn't compromise your skin. And that's what our brand is. So when I went away, um, I went away to England for, and lived there for a year. And I didn't work there. Um, I was there with my partner at the time. And I started to investigate manufacturers and, you know, how I might go about this. Spent a year or two on that. And then we landed in Brisbane. And when we um, ended up in Brisbane and settled there, I launched a couple of products. And I had one lady in a beauty salon that said, I think I could sell this. But my L'Oreal trained brain was telling me that, it needed to be a whole collection. It needed yeah. to be a yeah, like something you walk into a salon and you see um, a destination point within the salon, not just a product collecting dust on the shelf. Yeah, of course. So I turned her down at the time and I went away and I put an entire collection together. So when you say collection for someone or I guess the the someone like me who yes, yes. are we talking lipstick foundation the whole Correct. lot yes. versus just doing a foundation exactly. as an example yeah okay. so something that you a, a range where you could complete an entire face so from eyes brows lips face um, a, a whole collection of makeup that they could work with in the salon and sell and then also um, they can do services using our product as well love that which is the best way to sell it is it is it normal for um, cosmetics to be in hair salons i don't know maybe maybe i'm yes. off the mark here yep that's exactly right yeah does it happen is it happening more often or has it become more recent? Um, it's always happened, but more recently, beauty yeah. and with Instagram and TikTok and everything, yeah. women have become very savvy about makeup and they know what products they want and how to get a certain look. And they want to have their makeup done now yeah. because people go to a lot of events and they like to Instagram it. So hair salons have this um, opportunity now to offer that service in store. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's what works for us. So that's the space we started in. That's where we stayed. Um, that's the, the part of L'Oreal that I was into. It was the professional division. So we've stayed loyal to salons this whole time. We started with one and then I engaged a PR agency in Sydney back then, Roxy Jasenko, who I adore to this day. Um, and she launched us. Sweaty Betty PR. Yeah, Sweaty Betty PR. Yeah. And she's the most amazing, dynamic businesswoman. And I learned so much from her. And we had a hundred stockers within a year. Yeah. Wow. It was out of control. Australia-wide or just Sydney? Australia-wide, yeah. Um, and then within a couple of years, we had a distributor in New Zealand. You know, now we have 300 and something here and 150 over there. Yeah, wow. So staying loyal to that part of the industry has really benefited us because if we went department store, a, a lot of our salons would possibly abandon us or go to another brand because it's a little unfair to them if they do all the hard work and then you can just repurchase you know, at a department store. So, so your businesses, a lot of it would be considered what e-commerce 
A lot of it is, yeah. but a lot of it is B2B. So yeah. we, we essentially will manufacture everything in the US, which is where we make our products. Yeah, okay. And then we um, ship them here and they go out to our retailers. So that's our right. that's the majority of our business. And then we have our e-commerce web, you know, our And website. they buy a, your, these 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 uh, distributors, so to speak, being yes. your salons. Yes. They buy a, a certain quantity. Correct. However it might be, wholesale-wise, right. yeah. Yeah, they'll buy our collection to start and yeah. then they ongoing, they just repurchase. Yeah. Um, I learned early on that the, the power, of you know eff- efficiency and making everything really streamlined. So when we grew from zero to a hundred, the process of, and procedures yeah. that we had in place were not going to meet the needs of a hundred retailers as opposed to one. So I had to build a whole website for our stockers yeah. that allowed them to watch video tutorials, order online, basically save them time and save save us time. Otherwise, we would be compromising on the service and the quality. A, I was having a look through the. Um I was having a look through the website uh, earlier on, and it's very detailed. It, yes, I, I don't a know lot if you, that goes into makeup. Yeah, I don't know if you got the feedback on that, but it's incredible. Like, thank you. I um, I was having a look because I just like to understand. Like, obviously, for me, I don't wear makeup. Yes. Um, so. I did when I was. <laughs> six, a lot of men do. When I was six or seven, true story. My sister put me in a Sailor Moon outfit. And <laughs> I still got the photo and she completely drenched me in makeup. Oh, that's adorable. It was awesome. It was fine. It was, yeah, it, sure, it was fine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I must say, I, I, like, I, I don't, but like, I, I, I know that obviously on TV sets and all that, every single presenter, yes. male, female, whatever they may be. Um, Absolutely. Is, uh, is obviously having makeup touched up or what they need to do. So I think it's probably going to be normalised. It, absolutely. And there's lots of men that wear concealer and wear yeah. our CC cream and things that just like give them correct their skin. Yep. So some of our products are really simple, like they don't give you heavy coverage, but then we've got products for girls that want like full makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. So we try to tailor it to everybody. Like so as we if have, you're going to Lumbra. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lumbra back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> Jeez, it. I did a few nights <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely get it. And and so your cosmetics range, is that also inclusive of like, like so one thing that I do love actually, and, and everyone loves at me, but I love going for a facial. Oh, everyone loves yeah, facials. Yeah, I love yes. going for a facial. So um, any like whenever my birthday comes around, I normally get like a voucher for some sort of facial. Like it doesn't have, yeah, anyway. I, love I, I don't mind that stuff. Yeah, I'm very, too. yeah, I'm very in tune <laughs> with that stuff. I like, I like the whole As experience. Should very Everyone should look after their skin. Yeah, That's I love important. it. I'm all for it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, my skin could use some work, but it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's just dehydrate. It's dehydration, I think, <laughs> under the eyes. So I normally get the bags. But, um, do you have like, like, do you go into the space of that, those facial spaces as well? Well, funny you say that. We're expanding now, yeah. 10 years on, um, into skincare. So Amazing. our makeup complements skincare because it's yeah. a skincare-based makeup range, so it's not going to cause your skin any harm. Yeah. And a lot of makeup brands do if they're chemical-based. Yeah. So we now um, are moving into the space of skincare to complement our current current product offering. So we're excited about that. That's something new for me. I kind and of feel like you, um, like you, and tell me if I'm wrong because you know your business better than anyone, but I kind of feel like you have to. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. With the way where the world's going now. and 100%. 100%. I think that what happens is people, you know, if you get stuck in one little part of your business and you're not working on it, you're yeah. working in it, then you can't see 
what potentially you can tap into. So we've got the customer base there. We've got the distributors. It makes sense. And obviously everything we make now that they trust, they've, you know, become very loyal to the brand. So they know that what we offer in future will be the same quality. So that it's all about that trust though, building yeah. that trust with your customers. And you can only prove that over time. I think it's awesome. Like, uh, like Faz said, to have that different facets to the business, but it sort of sounds like, which is awesome that you've had really sustained growth over time. Yeah. You probably built and at a, at a at a at a really nice point where it was slowly but surely, but yeah. also it wasn't overnight. Yeah, that's right. And I think I took time to really perfect everything. Yeah. And then once the ball started rolling quickly, um, it was it was all set up in my mind as to where we were going and how I would handle the growth because that's one thing a lot of businesses, you know the reason they might fall over or fail is they're not prepared for the growth because you have to really be um, understanding your processes and how you're going to still deliver when you've got, when you had one customer compared to a hundred and that's a whole different ball game because you've got people calling you left, right and center. Everyone of my stockers, and there are many, have my phone number. They call me personally. I will always give them the ability to contact me because I'm the best person to answer their questions at the end of the day if it's yeah. something that they really need to know. So it's it's an important part of my business to stay grounded and stay in touch. Otherwise, you lose sight of what's going on, and that, that's when you make mistakes. That's awesome. I mm. love I love I love hearing that. Yeah. And so, from a a business point of view, because every I think industry has got its challenges. Like yes. obviously, me yes. in real estate, I could tell you what the issue, issues are on in in real estate hypothetically. Of in your industry and um, in what you're in, um, skincare, facials, mm-hmm. or, sorry, not facial, but skincare, cosmetics, yes. mainly cosmetics now, the time being, what's the biggest issue in your industry? I think for us, it's number one competition because yeah. obviously we're going up against multinationals, like big companies that have deep pockets and they can, you know, basically sell anything, anytime. Um, that, that's a challenge. But I never, like, I remember when I started, people were sort of looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you doing? You're going into this space where people dominate like L'Oreal's and yeah. Maybelline's and, you know, how can you think that you'd ever make it? It was sort of similar when Sephora came down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm a really strong believer in staying in your lane. Like I don't look left and right. I I focus on what I'm doing. And I think if you focus on what you offer, your point of difference, no one's going to be like you. So if you can be unique and offer something above and beyond in terms of your service, then, you know, there's going to be a portion of the market for everybody. Is that kind of the reason as to why like you wouldn't have gone and opened up a store as an example yeah, because you lose right. that gloss. Yes. And also for me, I didn't see that as viable. Like I wanted to have many distributors as opposed to focusing on one so. store, which would which would be a challenge in itself because yeah. you're managing, you know, people. I mean, I don't have people on the ground in the stores. That's that's my salon staff. Yeah. So we can train them, but we don't have to manage them if that makes I love sense. That. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So that's a really good key uh, part of my business where I can focus on the product side, delivering the education and then they sell for us. So amazing, but I've never been like I'm not shy. So I'm not, I am not afraid to door knock. I'm not, and I I wasn't, I door knocked. I rang um, every single day. I would ring different salons. Like I'm not afraid of no, I have, I have no shame. Like in business, if someone turns me down, it's okay. Like it's not meant for me. And in life in general, really. So I think that's why it became what it became because I just had the ability to get past any no's that came my way. It didn't bother me. I actually love that so much because we were actually talking about this 
uh, at our work uh, two days ago in our mm-hmm. sales meeting where, um, you know, we were saying about our industry is so heavily, you get rejected a lot. Of course. You get rejected yeah. a lot that, you know, people don't want either want an appraisal or people don't want to sell or people don't want to hear from you. People That's don't want right. contact. That's people right. just, they think real estate agent and they just think, oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, so Any I love the sales. Exactly. Off. Exactly. Yeah. So I yeah. love that you say that, that it's just like, you know what? Um, no, I think it almost comes down with as well, though, having confidence within yourself it is. as a person, because yeah. if you can get, if you can ask 10 people, but you only get the one yes, well, then it's been worth it. Absolutely. And as they say, if you don't ask, the answer's always no. Exactly. So for me, I, I see everything as an opportunity, yeah. honestly, and I will take my opportunity every single time. Like if I want something, I will find a way to make it mine. I like, love that. It's just something within me. Like I can't help it. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not afraid of the rejection. Whereas a lot of people take that as a confidence blow or their ego gets in the way. I'm all about removing the ego. Because yeah. if you let your ego stand in your way, you're never, ever going to get to where you're, you potentially could be. So I, I remove it every time. I don't worry about my ego. And I think, okay, it just wasn't meant to be that opportunity. There's another one coming. I love it. It's so fascinating. Like it's just dynamic in the, in its approach. Yeah. Which um, – is awesome because I just love hearing people just being like, you know what, stuff it. If it works, yes. it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I was going to go for it, which is awesome. That's right. And if I hadn't have taken all these opportunities, I, I simply would not be here today. I'd be in Brisbane selling, you know, two products to a couple of locals because that's how it started. But I just, yeah, I went for it. I, yeah. And I didn't care if it failed, if it didn't. It was just a journey. And honestly, the when I think back on my journey, the best part was the start. The, yeah. the building, the hustling, um, wondering what was next. Was it going to take off? Was it not? That was the most exciting part. Now all the wheels are in motion and it works. And, of course, there are other stresses that come with that. But that was the best part of my journey because it was so exciting. Like what was around the corner? Where was this going? Um, and that's why a lot of people want to rush to success, but there's there's no elevator to get there. Like, have you seen that um by the, that staircase in Mykonos by any chance? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the best one. Exactly. It's so true. It's tr- it's true. And this is the thing. I mean, everyone thinks oh, I just want to get there. I want to be big and this yeah. and that. But it's th- that's not the fun part to me. Yeah. Like the the other thing that my advice is. Even when you're starting small, having a big brand mentality is something I always talk about. So when you're, you could be operating out of the back room, but you're never, perception's reality. You can't allow anyone to see that from your customer's point of view. So you need, when I say act like a big brand, have a great website, um, you know, have fantastic social media. So perform and act like a big brand would so that when people research your brand, whether it's small, big, it's irrelevant. They're seeing on the surface what looks as though it's a big brand. Yeah. It's proper class, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you want to compete. It's a bit, there's no different. I guess you want to compete with the big people. Of course. You want to be known as the big person in, in some degree. I mean, I think to a degree, um, I mean, no doubt, and I'll certainly get onto it shortly, like how much social media, I'm sure, has infiltrated your business oh, as well. Unbelievable. Um, because everyone's buying with their eyes, really. 100%. Um, and the whole world's gone a bit cray-cray with this blue tick stuff and all that type of stuff as well. Yes, yes. Um, so everyone sort of wants a bit of a piece. But I wanted to ask you, because um, obviously you're a mum as well, yes, which is incredible. Yes, yes um, How do you balance um, being... Because I haven't had anybody on, I don't think, that sort of, you know, had obviously the business side of things, the way that you've got it, but also um, the, being a mum. Oh, look, it's the hardest thing. But being a mum is the hardest job. My business is easy when I yeah. compare it to that. Um, when I became a mum, my business was in, in like thriving mode. Like it was just crazy times and I fell pregnant 
And I, I was scared. I was genuinely scared. Like I thought, I don't know what's going to happen now yeah. because I give my business a hundred percent, but as a mum, it's going to come second at some point, you know, yeah. because you've got a newborn. So when it happened, it was um, a real culture shock for me. Like I didn't, I didn't know where I was at. I was so in love with my baby. I wanted to be a mum full time, but that wasn't possible. Thankfully, I have an amazing family network, so that really helped. Um, but even now, I mean, my son's almost six and, yeah, wow. you know, dedicating time to him and being a mum and dedicating time to my business, which is my other baby, uh, it's I've learned now that when I'm with one, I give 100% yeah. rather than splitting, like I'm giving 50% because I'm thinking about work or I'm at work thinking about, like, I will give it 100% when I'm in either environment and then both get the best out of me. So it's it's very tough. As a mum, there's a lot of guilt associated with being a yeah. businesswoman, but I'm doing all of this for my son. I and that. I would hope one day that he admires that hard work. I mean, I, I admire my father and he was always working. And I look at him now and he's my best role model um, because he worked so hard. And yes, maybe you're absent at times because you have work commitments, but that's what it takes to build something for your family. I've seen photos of your little one <laughs> and he is so, he's so um, gorgeous. Like he's just <laughs> beautiful. And like in Greek, like, and I'm going to, and I'm going to say yes. it like, you know, Nussel Zissi because he's just too. an amazing, amazing, he looks gorgeous. He just looks he's beautiful. A, he's a so, beautiful boy, full of love. Anyone that love. knows me knows that I'm like I'm the biggest sucker when it comes to kids. Like it's just crazy. <laughs> They're um, amazing. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he just looks beautiful. So Thank I think you. he's going to be, and obviously having a loving environment is just so Very helpful important. for both. Very um, yeah. Your, your dad, and I wanted to talk about your yes. dad briefly, but your dad was obviously a, a well-known businessman within Melbourne as well. Yes, um, yes. You know, how, how much has that played a role into where you are now? So huge. So yeah. my dad was the CEO of Porsche Australia, as you know, for over 10 years. Yeah. Um, so my dad, he's a very high achiever, yeah. you know, needless to say, but he's got a mentality that it has filtered through to my brother and I. So, you know, my brother was an investment banker at Goldman Sachs. You know, my mum was a dentist and I fell into this. So we sort of had this environment where no one was ever pressured. Like my parents didn't pressure us, but they set a standard. Yeah, of course. So my dad's, um, the way he goes about everything in business, and I've watched him over the years, he never cuts corners. He always, always wants the best. And he, he did set that, for, you know, expectation from us that everything would be at our best a possible um, effort. It didn't matter if it was the best or not in, in amongst people, but for us. So if we weren't putting in the best, that's when he would be, pull you know, yeah pull, yeah, pull me up. And he'll still pull me up today. I yeah. mean, you know, he's he's um, invested in the sense of from love in my business, not financially, but he cares about every move that I make and he's a perfectionist. So, And I guess their roles change as well now because they go from being the parent and the idol and the role model to now he's also being a bubble. Exactly. And he, and he, yeah, which is yeah. grandfather, grand, grandparents, I should say, for the non-Greek speaking, yes, but yeah. Yes, yes. and he's an amazing bubble, if you don't yeah, mind me using yeah, the word too. Yeah, 100%. Um, and a role that I think um, I love seeing him in because, like I said, he's had such a serious role all his life and committed to work and business. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, watching the opportunities that he's had, I think this is the, the thing that potentially influenced my brother and I is that he's worked so hard for where he got to today and the opportunities that he had with Porsche, the travel that mum and him did and um, the things they saw around the world and the people that they met. And, yeah. you know, they're still humble, if you don't mind me using the word. They're still very no. humble people but and, and they ne never let it get to them. But it was just watching someone who was, you know, just 
your regular guy. Yeah. yeah. And um, being exposed to all these amazing things and all these amazing people that he's learnt from and then passed on to us, that's the inspiring part. I want to give my son that to say, you know, this is what I've done. I had to work really hard, but this is where it took me. And you hope that that instills the same um, drive and motivation in your children. So I look at it very differently before, like obviously before being a mum, you're selfish. Like yeah. you think me, 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 it's all about me. Where's this? But now I just think well, every move lunches. I make about, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and packing school lunches and brain food as they say <laughs> these days. Brain food. I've heard yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, think it's, it's so good. Like, and then it's what I like hearing. I mean, for us, it's all about the platform of um, people that, you know, and I say make it in inverted commas, but yeah. um, I wish if I had my chance, if I had my choice, I'd want everyone to make it, but we know that realistically Definitely. not everyone yeah. does. Yeah. But the humble part, I agree with you on, like, and it's the biggest thing because we all know, I think we all know someone who has been on both sides of life. A hundred percent. And the, you know, the humbleness they lose. So to hear you reinforce that obviously, and you know, not here to talk about your dad, but you know, he didn't have a small gig either. Like, you no, know, it's, right. a, it's a pretty big deal that he's had. So yes, yes, exactly. Um, I think it's different as well. If you've got the position at somewhere like a CEO of Porsche Australia, but you're not striving your children to want to do better. Co- correct. Then you're sitting, sitting and resting on your laurels, but clearly as a person and people, we get inspired by those closest to us and around us. Yeah, that's all it was. And you know, my parents always came from like, they always encouraged us so that it wasn't about, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. My mum would always say to me, well, someone has to do it. So yeah. why not you? Yeah. You know, it can, it can be you. I mean, it's just everyone's the same. I love that. I so, actually. yeah, we never thought, oh, we're, we're better than anyone. We can do this. We just thought, okay, everyone's equal. Yeah. So if I work hard, you know, it will pay off for me. So they just encouraged us so much that we believed in ourselves. We thought, okay, I can I can do this. I'm not scared. of. I've got good support. And um, it's just taking a chance, really. I love that. When you started out this journey on your um, cosmetics line mm. and as you start to make waves, it's yes. just did you start to find that f- either friendship groups or relationships with people started to change? And I'm not saying it's from a jealousy point of view, yeah. but it's more from a point of view that, hey, these things actually do happen. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I lost, a f- you know, a few friendships <clears throat> or relationships along the way, not not through, um, you know, having falling outs, but just people distancing yeah. potentially, um, seeing you differently or maybe assuming you're different. But what happens when you start to dedicate your life to business is you have limited time. Like if you really, really want to succeed at something, you become very time poor. And that means, unfortunately, spending potentially less time with people or not having as much time to call people. So I understand. Like people might see it differently, but that's what it takes to commit and to succeed. Yeah. So there are sacrifices that you make along the way and they may be relationships, sadly, but the people that are very close to you. They know your fabric. That, that's right. You know, and they, they want to see you succeed. So they'll understand that about you. And I think, you know, it's funny, we were saying being humble before, but like my friendship group, my very close network now, like I don't talk about my business, yeah. never. They probably don't even know how it's structured or yeah. how big it is. Like I I think it's, you know, my dad's always said to me, let your results speak, as people say. Yeah. Don't say a word. Don't ever say a word because it's the proof's in the pudding. If you if you do it, like people will know about it because you've succeeded in this and that. But ultimately there's no point in sitting talking about yourself. There's no benefit to that. And I think that makes people feel uneasy as well. And um, it's, it's not a, a trait that a lot of people – like about others when they talk about themselves. So so true because I think once you start to put yourself out there on a platform, you know, unfortunately some, I guess, people are somehow built to maybe want to like – 
uh, people always be happy for you, but they'll yeah. never be happier um, to see you do better than them. Exactly. And it's just, look, that's the tall poppy syndrome that we talk about in Australia. Yeah. If you go to America, they're like cheerleaders for your success. Yeah. So it's very, I think it's cult, a cultural it's a thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's sad because we should really, really build each other up. I mean, you know, somebody like Effie, who I see a lot, like I admire women in Melbourne that are killing it. Like yeah. that's amazing. That inspires me. I look at her and I think she's amazing. I know her personally and she's an amazing human being anyway. But what she's done and how she's gotten there is incredible. You know, you should never compare. And I said this earlier about competitors as well. You just focus on yourself. Like once you start comparing, you're going to fall off the ladder. Like it's it's just looking back is the worst thing you can do. You just got to stay focused. It's incredibly true as well because, you know, people are always – I, I guess uh, you, you're wanting to stay in your own lane and it's hard sometimes not to hear the noise. Of course. Because yeah, um, yeah, I think there's always going to be noise. And yeah. exactly, it's how strong you are at blocking it out. Yeah. I mean, if you're really passionate about what you do, your business um, and the, the product that you're selling or whatever it might be, the passion will get you through because you, you're so um, captivated by what you're doing that somebody else's journey is like, oh, amazing. But I, I don't have like time. Like I'm so into what I'm doing. And that was me. Yeah. I was obsessed with it. Look, I got so obsessed with it in the first few years that I, I mean, I was not sleeping. I was seriously, my health was compromised. Like I had lost 10 kilos. Yeah. I was very underweight and I, I had lost sight of everything else because I was so zoned in on getting to where I wanted to go. Now that's not healthy. I've learned that the that balance in business is really, really important. It's so funny you say that because I had that word written on my phone. Yeah, was balance is and and that's the thing is how we, what are you doing now to balance yourself out? And you ha- and you have to because you burn out. Yeah. So that's the thing you could do so well for years and you will burn out at some point. See, becoming a mother made me. Um, understand what balance was all about. If I hadn't have had my son, Marcus, I don't think that I would have ever learned how to balance life and business. Now I appreciate and value my time off and I will enjoy it. Whereas years ago, I would have felt guilty about it. And that felt like I was failing somehow. As a successful businesswoman that you are today, um, and I don't, I'm not sorry to say, but I'm not pissing in your pocket when I say that, by the way. So I really mean it. Um, there's this whole thing at the moment about gyms and all these type of stuff and workout and physical health mm. and mental health and all that type of stuff. What do you, are you, um, like are you into yoga or Pilates or something like that along those lines? Cause, yep. um, you know, I, I'm not, I've never tried yoga or Pilates personally, <laughs> but it's more for you. If I'm, you obs- have- I'm obsessed with exercise. Always have been. So I was a professional swimmer in my teenage years. Okay. So my poor mum used to get up at 4am every day and take me to swimming and after school. Harold Holt? Um, no, I was in at Kerry, okay, Kerry yeah, Grummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I would, so I learned that discipline with exercise back then. It was a bit much, but, um, I still apply that rule today. So I will wake up every single morning and work out. Doesn't matter where I've been the night before. Doesn't matter if my son's going to, like I'll, I'll have my mum there and I'll do my hour of exercise. Yeah, right. I will not compromise on that because that's for me. That's my time. I think that's really good for my mental health, yeah. uh, my internal dialogue during the day. If I don't do it, then I start to get down on myself. Yeah, you feel I a think, bit fluffy. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, it's just good for my mind. Like I clear my mind. So I do Pilates and I run um, and I'll mix up 
both or I do two on the same day and then then I'm ready to go. Like and I yep. feel really good about myself. Not not I'm not talking about physically, I mean mentally because I've, I've already achieved something by 7 a.m. That's awesome. So it's like, okay, I've started the day off positively. Yep. If I miss it, it's like just like a downhill spiral. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. And that's not good for me, but that's just how I work. Yeah. Like some people like to exercise after work, let off steam. I, I can't do that. I like to relax, yeah. be with my son, switch off completely from the day. So that's just my routine. But, yes, I, I love exercise. I feel like it's just something that motivates me. And I need to be, I need to stay motivated because you can, you can get into autopilot and into a slump. Like, you know, you have to stay motivated somehow. I agree. I'm sort of like, I prefer the during the day. That's yes, me. Yes, yes, Because I'm, I'm flexible with work and being able to yeah. go home, have a shower and all that. I can't yes. do mornings because I, I just, I love my sleep. Yeah. And yeah, afternoons, no chance. No chance Because afternoon. I just, I want to relax yes, in the same. afternoon. So during the day works for me, not that I do it that often, but when uh, I do do yeah. it, you know what I mean? You get yeah, the idea. Yeah, the day, um, yeah. But it's good to get a bit of an insight as to what sort of breaks things up for you um, yeah. and what works for you because everyone's different. Like my boss, Pete, at work, like he'll he'll be up at 5.30 in the morning, he'll, work the do- he'll walk the dog first before he does anything, walks yes. the dog, comes back, and then he's doing an hour of, you know, mixture of cardio and weights. That's what works for him. Yeah. So it's just good to hear sort of from yourself as a, I guess, I, I, there's always been this saying which stuck with me from my first ever boss guy called Chris Hassel, and he said, success leaves clues. Yes. Um. So I love hearing, obviously, little bits and pieces that yeah. – if there is another uh, entrepreneurial woman out there that is thinking like, I'd love to get into the fashion space or the cosmetic space yeah. or whatever space it's going to be. Yeah, well, you know, between, I hope that as the podcast between yourself and, and, and Effie and, and, and others to come yeah. are providing that insight for them yeah. because that's what it's there for is to provide that hope. Uh, that's right. And look, it's also, it's funny because on social media, people see like one aspect of your yeah, life. Yeah, thousand percent. So, you know, I, I post a lot about, work. I post um, a lot about my, my social life, let's say. Um, but a lot of people don't know that I have a son because I yeah. choose not to post him. Yeah. It, it will be very rare, but he's sacred. He's sacred to me. He's part of the part of my life that I don't want to share. Yeah. Um, that's for me and other people go about it differently. But for me, that's my personal choice I with my that. son. And it's something you don't see. However, people come to us, you know, assume things that, oh, like, are you with, you just spend time with your son, you're always working, you're always out. That's like one hour on a Friday night where I go to a dinner. And people will pick what they want to pick, yeah? Yeah, of course. um, course. People will pick what they want to pick. I was actually having this conversation the other day with someone when they said, oh, um, how do you balance uh, real estate and podcasts? I'm like, dude, podcast takes me an hour Correct. every week. That's right. That's uh, right. People are going to come up with their excuses yeah. for you and you, you know, you're always out. You're not with your son. I'm yeah. just using an example because I could imagine what you'd be of hearing. Course, of course. Um, but I think it's very healthy as a, a, a female, as a mum, and yeah. a lot of mums will agree with me, to have your own time yeah. and to be social because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of postnatal depression out there. And when you're working and you're trying to balance that, it's it can become taxing on a woman. I completely There's it. a lot of pressure. So I think it's really important to make time for everything, whether it's social, whether it's being with your husband, you know, date night, whatever people want to do, that stuff all counts. And it also counts in business because you're more well-rounded as a human being and you're not putting as much pressure. You don't feel as much of a failure in things. And it's so true. You just got to think about, you know, 
making sure that you're on the right page for yourself and everything else, like you said, for younger entrepreneurs or people who want to be, that you're in a headspace where you're ready to take on any challenge. And that that's hard for everybody. We're all working on that. All it's the, the most truest thing ever because, you, in, and I think, you, you know, your circle that you surround yourself with um, has become probably the most important thing of all time. And um, yeah. someone asked me the other day, like, when did you feel that you matured most? I was like, I don't know, late 20s. Yeah. That's probably when I felt like I'd finally hit that you know, that, you know, up until that early twenties, mid twenties, it was just, life was a party. Life was fun. Life was yep. different. Yep. Whereas now it's like, okay, now it's more like, let's settle down. Yeah. Let's have fun. Let's, you know, yeah. not have fun that way, but have fun of, you know, going to that property search, going to that spouse search, whatever That's it's right. going to, whatever right. it's going to be that you're searching for. Exactly. You're right. And whatever path you're on, I think you need to be at the stage where you're ready for it. So keeping your eye on the prize, whatever that prize is, yeah. um, and taking steps to feel as though you're going to get there. And that's the thing, just taking a small step. Like people think you have to take this big leap and just like, oh, I need to end up where I want to be, like we were saying earlier. Just a small step here and there, you know. And if you want to change something, it's your behavior, you know, that you need to change actually from within you. Yeah. And a lot of people want their environment to change but they're not changing their own behavior and unfortunately that's the key to change anxiety is that something that you deal with absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. high functioning yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah more so in the early years i've learned to manage it a lot better now yeah um with balance in my life but back back then i mean i was just full of anxiety and that's i think where the weight loss came in yeah. um, my mother was very unwell at the time i lived away from her i lived in brisbane so it was a lot of pressure on me uh, i didn't know who to focus on while i had this business that was growing um so th yeah the anxiety was a very difficult thing to deal with again having my son probably calmed that a lot because i had to focus on a, a small human being to yeah. raise rather than focusing on myself and everything that was going potentially wrong or right. Uh, but, yeah, still today, I mean, definitely. I, I, but I do things to calm it now. Like I will, whether it's listen, one thing is listening to music for me yeah. um, and exercise um, or being with my son, instantly calm. What's your instantly choice, what's calm. Your choice of music? Well, a bit of R and B, yeah, nice, bit yeah. of house, yeah, yeah, I love it. yeah. I love it. anything really. I love music, but R and B is like and Greek, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, yeah, yeah Greek, Greek. Yeah, that's that's, that's, no, that's, that's a no, that's a no brainer. Even if you're not Greek, you should listen to yeah, it. <laughs> um, um, so true. The one of the last questions I wanted to ask yeah. you was: um, Dimi Demianos hair salon opens up, and he wants to become a stockist mm -hmm. um, of your products. How does he go about doing it? So um, you would come and if you knew about us, contact us. If yep. you didn't know about us, we advertise in all the beauty magazines that go to salons, okay. um, obviously social media, or we have yep. sales reps that would, you know, potentially phone you because they, they know you're a new salon in the area. Yeah. And um, we they select a collection and we put that in the salon and then we go from putting it in to training you, staying in touch, hopefully getting your customers on board by having like VIP nights for them. Yep. So we do things in store with our salons. Um, so and would make you have visited every single one of your stockists? Pretty much. Yep. Um, uh, well, the ones that are in the like country, and we do have yeah, a lot of. of rural stockers. Yeah, right. 
Um, we'll have like a big um, education um, night in the main cities and they'll travel to us. So I've met everybody. That's awesome. Um, yeah, some I can't get to. I mean, there might be like a six-hour drive yeah, yeah, inland yeah. in you know, New South Wales yeah, or something. Especially if you're in Perth, like good luck driving six hours out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not oh, the best driver, I'm, so I don't know how that would work for me. I love that. Um, so I try. I have met everyone. And That's I go to awesome. New Zealand twice a year and host retailer conferences there, so I've met all our New Zealand retailers. It's the be- It's For me, that is my Favorite part. So we're over three fifty now. Yeah. Stockers. Yeah. Yeah. About so that. Do we call them? Do we call them stockers? What yeah. Call, call them, them stockers. Yeah, retailers. Yeah. Yeah, retail, yeah. 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 And they're just they're all beautiful people, and they, they've all taught me about my business. That's so so nice. I'm I'm honoured that these people trust me enough to sell my brand. Good That's on a you. big thing. One thing we always ask to finish off the podcast mm-hmm. um, is the humble three. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same three questions that we ask every single um, guest on. So I'm looking forward to hearing these answers. Mm. We had some really funny and different ones. <gasps> the first one is, if you weren't in your current occupation, what would you be doing and why? Ooh, I'd love to be a singer. Yeah, that's um, nice. I, well, firstly, I love music and yeah. I feel like I could get into that like alter ego and perform on stage. Thoughts on the verse? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not sure I have the voice to match up. <laughs> this is all in my head. I this love is the all song. in my head. You're a song I love and please, whatever you do, do not cut this out, Brayden. I love the song that's, um, what's the one that's like, let's go girls. And you know, let's go. I love it. I love it. That's a bit of Shania Twain, I think. Oh, man, I'd love to perform that song. Um, second song is that uh, if you could own a billboard, what would it say and why? Ooh, um, if I could own a billboard, I think it's what my mum used to tell me. Yep. If, um, why not you? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's, cool. yeah. that's, a, that's actually a really nice one. Actually. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. So, simple but nice. Yeah. It's good. And the last one, um, and it doesn't have to be within the family, but if it if the, if it's not within the family or it's not outside the family, it's completely fine. You can go within the family yes, yes. is uh, who would have to be your biggest inspiration and why? Like, is there someone in the cosmetic scene that has, um, I guess, inspired you to be that the way that you are or um, funny. Okay. So in earlier years, obviously my dad, that goes yep. without saying, but in recent years, a friend of mine actually who just passed away, um, Jonathan Hallen, and he was the owner of BPM. BPM property, yep. yeah. yeah. And you know, a billionaire, basically. Um, I met him about five years ago and he became a very close friend of mine and a mentor and um, a role model for me in business. His attitude was just like no one I've ever met before. And, of course, to be that successful, you'd have to be very unique, which he was. Um, His mentality was that he sacrificed everything to get to where he was till he realised that the most valuable part of life was human connection. And it's interesting for a man like that to say, because he's such a powerful, he was such a powerful man, but he, when you sat with him, there was nobody else in the room. Like he had the ability to make you feel like you were the most special human being in the universe. And I think that's what made him so successful is because business is all about relationships, right? So you can have five makeup brands, but the person probably that you enjoyed talking to the most, maybe the brand that you end up going with, the yeah. person you believe in because they have you're selling yourself. They've got to believe in you, not the product necessarily. So he taught me so much about how to be with people and how he made me feel and it made me want to make my customers feel more like that. And from such a successful man who sadly just left us yeah. um, way too soon, he lived life to the fullest as well, you know. So he had that balance of he had children, but he still made time for himself to travel and to live and to fall in love. And, you know, in recent years he got married. Um, and it, he was – I'm so grateful to have known such an incredible man. So Yeah, that's um, 
obviously through the real estate space of what he does with BPM, I sort of knew of, didn't know him personally, but knew of his business, I should say. So, yeah. um, and then obviously like no other, I think it was in the Herald Sun or something yeah, like that. So, yeah. um, yeah. it was, he put up a big fight and, yeah. um, he, his beautiful wife and his three children, um, they're all amazing people, but he, he's just, it was such a big presence and yeah. it just taught me about the impact that you can leave on people, not because of who you are and talking about yourself. He never talked about himself. He made you feel special. Yeah. And I think that was a quality that all of us should adopt because it's it's one thing, like he said, human connection, you can't buy it, it's priceless. It's nice and refreshing in some ways, I guess, to hear someone give such a honest opinion about someone who the unfortunate part obviously is no longer with us, but yeah. obviously memory eternal as always. So yes, yes, um, yes. incredible though. And, and obviously he was a fantastic businessman and well known for his yeah, business. So yeah. um, I think there's something there to aspire to 100%. for sure. So yeah, definitely from our end at the humble climb, Tori, yes. we can't, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You've been an absolute star and thank just you. providing a little bit of an insight into how um, the cosmetics industry is working. Because obviously from my end, I said my mum and sister, are, uh, they're the only ones that have had makeup that, in the household whenever I've been there, yes. whereas I haven't as much. So um, unless we go on to bigger and bra- bigger things and better things, Brayden, maybe I'll start to get some <laughs> some concealer on or something. <laughs> but you never why know. Not? Yeah, why not? I'll have to get some um, I'll have to get some of obviously Victoria Curtis's collection yes, yes, we'll and we'll go from there. You. So I can't thank you enough for coming <laughs> on. You You've been fantastic me. and open and humble as always. And from the time I spoke to you on the phone, you were exactly that. And uh, we've had plenty of people that uh, have requested to be on, but obviously we're very selective because we want to make sure they fit the brief. So thank you, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're a star. And uh, I'm looking forward to obviously – Continuing to support Yay. your journey from afar. Now, next step is for me to probably find a girlfriend. Yep. So I that can we can, that. yeah, cool, done. Yep, and then no, we can, beautiful girls. done. And then from there, we can start to get some of Victoria Curtis's <laughs> collection out there. Um, so, and then I'll we get from there. When we you're, find a, her. you're a star, guys. Continue Thanks. to like, comment, subscribe. That's how we grow. Can't thank you guys enough. And I'll chat to you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.